Yo, what's up, world? I'm Cameron Ra, and you are on the. Give me one moment, gotta get into character. Upgrade America podcast. We're CJ the Day Slay over there. What's goody, bro? What's on your mind, man? <laughs> Ninjas. <laughs> the Day, baby. Um, we're going to talk about uh, carrying guns in all 50 states, concealed carry. Yeah, um, I heard uh, Trump came out the woodwork with that and, and, and said that, like, hey, this is something he wants to make happen. And I'm not saying I was shocked, but yeah. um, I was surprised. This is actually old. I had to look at the date just to throw this out there. This is like a few years back. But I don't know. Somehow it came across my timeline on Twitter. I was like, oh, this is interesting. So if this, I, I was unaware that this was an old topic. I yeah, thought I just happened to see in that article. No, because there's people talking about the timing. Like, oh, yeah. You know, and, and typically it seems like the left is more gun restricted, like mm-hmm. less guns. And, um, you know, traditionally, uh, GOP, they, they stood side and side with, uh, how do you say, the NRA. So mm-hmm. there's really no, it's not too shocking. But I know. What are your thoughts, man? Um, I don't know. I think it's a fascinating discussion to have. Um, just like the real ID discussion. It kind of falls in that oh, same Oh, yeah. Then there's that. 2020 is so, around the corner. Exactly. So, for everyone who doesn't know what a real ID is, it's like even though you may have your driver's license, your valid driver's license, or state identification card, and it is real, it's technically not a real ID. A real ID, it is actually an identification. It's like super validated. You actually, in order to get this, you have to come in with your social security card and original birth certificate. Oh because wow! My understanding, yeah, I was in Philly renewing mm-hmm. my license and like um the lady broke it down to me she's like yeah you can't even fly state to state without a real id 2020 i was like whoa so evidently back in the day they were just nonchalantly issuing a driver's license without hard checks on these uh credentials and uh <laughs> we got uh there's I guess there's a lot of questionable identification out there and Absolutely. This, is, uh, this is a push to to stamp that out but it's oh man it's like i don't want to say it, it seems like a, a traveling constraint like before like when i went to see you in orlando boom hop on the plane with my my driver's license i'm there a couple of hours now you almost it's almost like a state passport like a, a u.s okay a passport within the states Mm, yeah, that's what it sounds like it's doing. Oh, yeah. So before we forget, thank you to all our supporters, our listeners, internationally especially. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, domestically, we're growing on different regions who are listening. I think the latest one was Minnesota, uh, Virginia. I still don't have the date on where in Virginia yet. And I think uh, I feel like it's, I'm missing somebody. Texas. San Antonio, our old stomping ground, Air Force. So uh, just throwing that out. Thank you. We're trying new things. We're trying to engage a little differently. So be on the lookout for that. 
Yeah, and it's it's a work in progress. It's a, you know it's a, it's an experiment, and uh, I'm loving the results. We're we're really doing great work, and appreciate what you're doing, CJ, holding it down. You know, Cameron Rock. You know what I'm saying? The architect. Well, you are um, you know your producer too, man. And um, everybody on YouTube, I appreciate you guys checking out the channel. But this guy over here. He is pushing the podcast on at least what three other different platforms. We're on Apple, we're on Google Play, Spotify. Spotify is where I I listen to the audio on, mm-hmm. and so yeah, so you know it's um I appreciate you doing that audio production too, Broski. Yeah, appreciate. It. I'm working on it. I'm gonna get um, a little more refined. Yeah, we we came a long way. <laughs> <laughs> From episode one, we came a mighty long way. All right, right. let's uh, let's dive back into this current event. Um, I know we we went to real ID, but like the whole concealed carry thing. Okay, let me find my questions. Give me one moment. You want like, me to ask first? Well, no. Nah, if in the in the meantime, if you could tell us like what this means, does this mean like more people anyone can just conceal like what what is it what is that uh okay what is so, his proposal intent trump's proposal interesting enough our other episode we were talking about we we probably had what three or four second amendment um episodes for discussions the on guns. but the last one highlighted something very interesting i will give 45 credit on this one he was talking about mental background checks he was talking about more of uh let me let me pull it up be a little more accurate i got it saved here um but it was going in line with what our uh international friends are doing like you got to get mental health check criminal background check you know physically make sure i guess you're able to you don't have any nervous conditions anything like that um, it was on that Is this same. a one-time deal, or do you have to do this every time you get a firearm? Oh, good question. Um, well, I think the only thing really concealable would be a handgun, for the most part. I don't think it would necessarily apply for rifles and whatnot. No, Even- no. I mean, like, I got one hand. You know, you have to do some sort of preliminary check every time you purchase a weapon. You have to get clear yeah. with the state and then i do believe at least in pennsylvania there's a um, a federal check as well you're, you're doing registering yeah. some sort of paperwork with the feds mm-hmm. but anyways my do you have to jump through all these hoops every time you get a new firearm with like physicals and checks mental health or is this a one-time would this be a one-time deal um it didn't really specify that but i would assume you would each handgun, you probably well, each weapon, you probably maybe. But if you're already in the system, I don't see why you would have to do that each time. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. It would. Yeah, be, so like, I'm, I'm assuming you no. would still do some checks, but yeah. as far as physicals and stuff, not so much. So the premise he came up with basically was, hey, we got driver's license, we can go all over the United States. Why can't we have concealed that covers all 50 states? And, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with that because when you look at it, there's like most concealed, don't they like have like 16 neighboring states that you can uh, 
Like, what is yours say? I think mine is, if I remember correctly, 26. One of the highest is Florida. I think it's 26. So, yeah, it, it, it makes good sense to just permit it, but 50 states includes New York seems to be that. Well, New Jersey has a lot of concerns, too. I think so New, New, New York yeah. seems to be one of those states where they have, like, or New York City, rather. Yeah. Is there a clause for that? Like, where does, where does that come in? That I guess that's where... I think, I know those projects would be lit with the... Yeah. Uh, mad glocks and uh, more glocks in there than there there already are but second amendment is second amendment i'm, I'm curious to see where they go with this so let me got a question for you though okay would this be a victory for would you consider this a victory for the the second amendment like there 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 seems to be this battle of again between left and right and everything in between like certain parties want guns to go away and you know other parties even this independent candidate wants to, them to stay mm-hmm. with uh some requirements what do you think yeah definitely be an overwhelming victory for a second amendment right um for uh, proponents of the second amendment um definitely you would have to with your plan to send the um what's it called i'm going blank right now your plan for regarding, huh regarding the the tracking of the firearms or the, the larger class three yeah kind of stuff fire net if yeah fire net that's exactly what it is so if you do fire net in accordance with this in accordance with a more universal background check i think that kind of gives everybody what they want in my opinion I feel like it would. I think it would balance everything out. Because, like, hey, we expanded this. We're doing mental. We're doing criminal. We're doing tracking on larger weapons. I mean, what else do you want? Because it's not going away. Because you and got. You're absolutely right. And that's something that the American people, lawmakers as well, need to come to terms with. Like, the Second Amendment is not going away. But we have to compromise and negotiate ways to preserve it and also to do it safely and, and mm-hmm. for America. Yeah. So I'm ready for the next one. Let me see what I got for you. Boom, boom, boom. 50 states. So <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong or what agenda or, you know, secret agenda could it further progress? Uh, you could speculation. We're just gonna get into speculation territory. Uh, you could terrorist groups within domestic terrorist groups. Let's mm-hmm. get that clear. Could go on a rampage and start skirmishes whenever they want to now because they have more of a license to do it, so to speak. Pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be uptick in violence. More uh domestic disputes not necessarily with spouses but with neighbors with uh road rage incidents i'm just thinking of everyday stuff that you can run into um it could be stuff like that it could be an uptick like like and i i I foresaw that as well 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally foresaw that as well. But you mentioned about the domestic terrorists, and that's something I agreed with as well. And I suppose that was one of the first red flags to go off in my mind. I'm like, hold on. Like, as tense as America is, and God bless the Second Amendment, I adore the right to hold heat. But um, as tense as America is right now, we're going to yeah. Yeah, and now you can bring guns everywhere. Like, I think we need to solve some other systemic problems before we get to this part. Like, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not saying, you know, were I in office, I I, I would slow this process. Mm-hmm. I, I I like it, but I totally I couldn't agree with you more on um. <laughs> The issues there are other issues at hand and um i know everyone would probably hate the fire net just with um class three weapons but in the in the future yeah i would want them to be on um i would want them to be on on handguns too that part is yeah that'll take some time i think I, you would have to definitely start with just the class three. Oh, i know it's uh <laughs> how do you say it? it's it's like in it's well it's it too early in the show to use that bomb it's like an anal fuck like you got your way in there you can't just ram it. it in there and take all take all you know like yeah we're, we're throwing them on anyway but you got to demonstrate like hey it's working with class three weapons it's working with fully automatic weapons like we're having accountability and we're you sure. know they're not falling into the hands of terrorists but like let's be real the handgun is a, a very practical tool for for terrorists and you know people who are doing the concealment yeah and um the rapid fire you know yeah. The ease of access of, of uh, ammunition, like it's it's smart to to account for for these. But again, it's it's, it's how you sell it to to the American people, and it's gotta be gradual. Let me, let me see what else I got. For you. All right. But if you got one for me, uh, fire away. I'll let you finish first, and then you know I ask mine. Um. Yes. So um, I guess my other question would be on your response, like. We, we mentioned how it's tense and um, mm. I don't want to stem so fear and, and paranoia into the, the hearts of our listeners, but <laughs> Civil War 2. Mm. I knew you was going to ask this at some point. <laughs> I, I, no, no, I mean like, because essentially Civil War 2 is like civil unrest to the max, right? Yeah. And ideally, like, I, I, maybe I play too much chess, but I try to see, like, a million moves ahead. And is that, is this a, a precursor or some sort of step for this? Or, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you, you anticipate as, as a leader, you anticipate wide-scale civil unrest. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you do? For, for your to give advantages to your citizens, more lenient um, gun laws. Like I know it seems kind of productive, but at the same time, you raise a very interesting paradox, like a dilemma, because it's like, all right, loosen gun laws, so now you give the gun enthusiasts or gun zealots. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say it like that. 
more license to amplify already how they're feeling and then you right. get people who are just stepping into this arena maybe somebody just never owned a weapon before they're oh well now that i can do it it's not as many restrictions mm -hmm. i might purchase it's a big spectrum between those two people but you have i'd arguably say that those zealots are the minority yes and so in, in an action like this it could be like yo we anticipate large-scale civil unrest to the point where conventional law enforcement cannot ensure the safety of everyone and so it's you, like it sounds like the purge bro like to be well, honest that, again, like hollywood purge. is like hollywood is fantasy but they're trying to tell us things they're trying to tell you things like prior to any radical government regime changes a tiny bit of anarchy and yes. it gets so bad it gets so bad where the people are like please please like we'll accept anything just bring law and order and food and money back and and I, that's that's how it changes but um i would say it would be very bad for america definitely and it would be bloodier than our other civil war Oh, I can only imagine with technology yeah. and the more weapons that, that yeah. are out now. And... We got vehicles and stuff. You got to think they had like horses and on foot. Like we got trucks, motorcycles, everything, boats, planes. Oh. Even some people own planes. So yeah, it'll be way more destructive. Would we get And to... again, but would get the survivability of you? I mean, again, Hollywood emphasizing with walking dead and stuff mm -hmm. you got a firearm <laughs> you're gonna make it a lot further in, in that scenario than you know your average your average citizen and we discussed on our other previous video on on how much firearms we think the average person should have you should at least have one yeah at least the world all goes to hell like you at least have one yeah I don't know, but yeah, that, that was something I wanted to ask you, your thoughts on, um, because everything is done for a purpose and several purposes and, and underlying agendas. It's not like, I'm just going to do something just to do it. It's like, no, you anticipate results. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, playing too much chess, watching too many movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're just going to hope it's not. It's basically the, the base of 45 is being very vocal and animated about this impeachment process. And that's mm -hmm. what we're referring to with civil unrest and everything kind of trending. Oh, and I heard that too. Like, yeah, his, supporters, too. like his supporters oh, would like riot if this yeah. would occur. And, mm -hmm. and again, we, 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 now we mentioned what we, we just discussed. Like he knows, and again, we're speculating this problem, mm -hmm. but like, you know it's, it's about to hit the fan, but you have the military backing you. And then you have like a mob of people, you know, civilians backing you. And now you're gonna give them, you know, exercise those gun rights. But I have another question for you. Do you think it's just those supporters? Whoa. I almost answered my own question. <laughs> I'll okay, say- Hold on, hold on, hear, this, hear me out. Okay. We we established we established that a majority well not even a majority a lot of people on the left they don't like guns 
right, Queen? I, 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 I see that, right? So here's the thing. Do you think the people on the left are going to exercise these rights to acquire weapons? That's Look, a good question. They'll probably be like, yeah, bad, bad guns, bad, bad guns, right? Yeah, you don't bad, really know. bad, bad oh. guns, right? But then it's like, thing. then all these guys, they, they, they take the lawfully, you know, acquire more weapons. I don't know. It's interesting times. But go ahead, man. Sorry. Nah, I was just saying, I think if you put them in a corner, yeah, they're not going to have a choice because that's what it is. So, uh, I'm going to ask my three questions for you and okay. then we'll to the next segment. So um, how do you think American citizens would feel about this as a whole? Uh, again, we discussed that you got some people who are, they're all for it and they would exercise those rights as I, I, I'm one of them and I think you should. Mm -hmm. But I think the people who are, there are going to be people who are against it and, and um <laughs> I think they're they're not seeing the, the bigger picture. Like at the end of the day, you, you are the check and the balance. The Second Amendment is the check and the balance for the American people to hold the federal government accountable. And for you to forfeit that and just say, no, like we we don't need our guns. You know, the government got us that is it's absurd and it is, it's mm -hmm. it's very naive. Okay, okay. next question. Um as president, would you consider doing this? Yeah, but again, I, I told you my plan. I'm all about that fire net. Again, implementation with class three weapons. Oh, it works awesome, cool. And at first, it would be optional, you know, yeah. for uh, for gun manufacturers to put those tracking devices on there. Like it'd be like, hey, now we're offering it as a you know as a service, you know, for for people if if you lose your weapon and. and give them a peace of mind that their their weapon is more, more safe so yeah to answer your question yeah i'd be for it but with a a bit more added some technology to it okay and last question how does this play out in congress voting wise how do you see that playing out um i don't believe that all like democrats are like anti-gun but there, there's clearly some uh, uh, agendas, disarming d agendas in that party. Voting-wise, um... <sighs> it's difficult to say because I thought, I do recall like there was a piece of legislation that just got passed that was a reduction to, um... to gun... to gun laws. Like, uh, but I, I could be wrong. It's 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 hard to say. I think it could pass. Mm -hmm. it, it it's it's um right now I'm just speculating and I, okay. I don't take uh, guesses on things I, I really don't know that All much right. about. That's fair. So now we're gonna transition into we're gonna talk about poverty and homelessness. Oh boy! So I lead off with um. Define poverty and homelessness in your own words. Mm. Those two words. What What do you think of? Okay, so um, I would like to define poverty first. Okay. Now it's very interesting when you look at the tax brackets, like our tax bracket system. The highest one is like five hundred and ten thousand and up. 
Mm-hmm. I do believe they're like 37% is what they're paying on taxes. But when you look at the tax bracket, the bottom of the scale, it shows incomes of like $10,000. And I'm like, an income of $10,000? And I get it. If you're a kid and you're living at home, you okay. know, your income is, um, you're, then you would get an income like that. But when I put it into perspective the divine poverty, I think of people who are, are trying to survive on 10 stacks a year. Mm-hmm. Whether they're, it's them and their spouse, you know, like people who, if you're making, man, and I'll, I'll be real, in America, it, I suppose it really depends on, on where you live too. Yeah, but absolutely. if you're making less than 30K a year, I, I dare to say if you're making less than 50, because I took an internship, well, I called it an internship job because it was an entry-level job before, and I was making like 20 bucks an hour, and that was no type of life, man. That was yeah. no type of life. It was a hard-knock life, and so I'm thinking like, yo, there are people who are out surviving, paying bills, trying to make it on less, mm-hmm. $15 an hour. an hour, you know, less. So that to me is poverty, you know, where you, you can't escape from that. And, and I want to elaborate on, on why it's so hard to escape poverty. Mm -hmm. So when you live in poverty, they have food deserts, like Mm -hmm. meaning areas, you live in a place where it's hard to get food and where, or decent food, good food, like, Mm -hmm. You know, you hear of BJ's and, and things like that where you can get things in bulk. But if you don't have a car, you can't. That's a bit harder to do that, you know. Sure. And, and it, so then that alone is going to chip more away at your resources. But there's all these little, I could go on for days, but there's all these little uh, things associated with poverty to keep you poor. And mm-hmm. it, while it is a mindset, it is a dangerous and difficult condition to, to break out of. Homelessness. I define it like this, like uh, homelessness is not necessarily just living on the street. And I do believe there's about 500,000 Americans who do that. And 40,000 of them are United States veterans, you know, military veterans. So that is uh, something that that is is near and dear to my heart. But um, homelessness is not just living on the street. If you're living with a friend, you're you're living with someone and that's you know that's really not your home technically in a sense you're you're homeless if you're a floater you know yeah i've been there too i've been there too and that's why i say dangerous uh it's 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 very dangerous in in america because it's like you see a lot of people when i was in new york You'd see a lot of people on the train and, and they, you know, they're asking for changes every single day. It's uh, people can fall into this. And when you do it, it's, it's, it can be very tough to get up out of that. And homelessness is a problem in, in, in America. So to, to define your question, like I said, it's um, it's it can be a state of not having a permanent address. That's something we, we need as a nation to address. And I, I do believe as technology starts disrupting things automation ai starts disrupting things taking jobs like 
yeah, it's going to create jobs, but yo, truck drivers are not going to become uh, software engineers overnight. Mm-hmm. So, like, we need to figure that out. And UBI is not going to help everything. Like, remember, what, what we say was was poverty, 10,000, 10,000 a year, 12,000 a year. Your, all your money problems are not over. They think they've just begun. <laughs> but, uh, we, okay. we, these are things we need creative, we need creativity to figure out. All right, next question. As president, what would be your plan to eliminate poverty and homelessness in America? Oh, um, I won't say easy, but <laughs> I, maybe I, I have this difficulty of making oversimplifying things. But so again, I mentioned there's about 500,000 homeless people in America, and mm-hmm. dealing with it as if they're scattered out through you know each city and, and state, that's going to be difficulty. I would like to consolidate it and build the largest homeless shelter in the world. And um, if you can offer someone a place to stay, like, hey, this is it. We have this space designated for anyone who's homeless, anyone who needs a place to stay. Like, we need to set that up. We have the infrastructure to do that. I want to make these shelters out of plastic. Plastic is a problem. We, like, dump billions of tons into the ocean every year. It's scattered across our, our great nation. Like, we can take that and we can build with it. They're printing 3D printed boats in 72 hours. Large structures that, like, mad people can stand in. We can 3D print houses, homes, and recycle plastic, clean up our nation at the same time. But that's what, that's my main purpose for running. That's something I would very much like to do. But uh, as far as that would address homelessness. Now, poverty, we uh, something we, we have to figure out as well. And I think if we can give people what they need, like, <sighs> we can give, I think, food and medical care, you know, if, would take a lot of, at the end of the day, all you really need all you really need is food, shelter, mm-hmm. and medical care. Like we can meet those needs with free, you know, with with technology. And um, by providing that, you pretty much snipped poverty in, in, in the butt. Like everything else you need, or I, I would say you want beyond that, you can use your resources to acquire them. But if we provide people their basic needs. Like, um, I think that would, naively, I, I believe that would end poverty. Gotcha. And, well, I was going to ask the third question, but it kind of segued into it, your answer. Do you ever think we can get rid of these two problems in America? Um, absolutely. It's going to take some uh, radical way of thinking and some adjustments and also implementation of technology, but it can be done. Like, and that's why I like... I don't want to say again. I'm I oversimplify things, so maybe that's why I look at these, you know, at these these billionaire philanthropists and like, how did you not end homelessness? Yeah, like that's it can be done. I I I, I confidently believe that we can end these things in our lifetime, even in my presidency. Ask questions for you. All right, I'm ready. So. 
how can welfare be restructured? I know that's a, a vague question, but you can take it anywhere. I'll give you one quick example. Um, I was reading up on this. Um, basically, overall, the overall arcing thing is help people become uh, self-sufficient and independent. Yes. Um, those are the key things that welfare should be doing. Um, let me see. I saw this article. Let's see. I see Senator Mike Lee of Utah and Congressman Mark Meadows of North Carolina introduced a Welfare Reform and Upward Mobility Act. This bill would fix the incentive structure for food, uh, federal food stamp program, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. And basically it was saying like, you'd be required to get a part-time job, able-bodied adults without dependents. They got like different categories. Um, be in school, be in job training, or be actively looking for a job in order to get those benefits. But the key thing that they said was, they're gonna get you a job. There's not gonna be this, you gotta keep looking and looking and looking and hope you get it while you're staying, no. The end goal is to get you proper employment to where you can take care of yourself. So, and so they just plug you. They're gonna plug you with the job more or less. Yeah, they. I, you know, like when you go to workforce, I'll say here mm -hmm. they try to see what your skills are, see what you. Basically, it'd be more of inclusion of that. It sounds like you would include job training, retraining, along with getting benefits, all in kind of like a whole package kind of deal. Um, I'm trying to think, is the actual bill for this? People can look it up when they, on their leisure. Mm -hmm. um, but biggest, the biggest thing I took from that article real quick, I'm not going to bore people with too many details, they can Google it, is you got to give people the tools and actually the self-esteem and confidence to go do it. Believe it or not, when you're in poverty, homelessness, and these disadvantaged situations, mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally, you're not going to be right. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, what's the other part of the question you asked that? Uh, just how would you restructure welfare in general? Oh, so I did a little digging and um, LBJ did this in 64, mm -hmm. with including the food stamp program and I think cash benefits for the elderly. Um, and those are still around today, even though now they're trying to roll back a lot of this stuff, cut costs. Now, what do you mean roll back, like take it away from the elderly? Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, what in particular, not social security, but something else? So social security is always kind of on the chopping block, to be honest. It is, but it's really it's never been touched. Medicare is those two hot button issues with welfare, besides food stamps and cash assistance and housing assistance. Those two seem to be a hot button thing that Social Security and that Medicare for the elderly and Medicaid. I don't hear about Medicaid as much. Medicare. One or the other. If I had to cut one or the other, which one? Between Social Security and Medicare? Mm hmm. Because mm, that medical is crucial when you're older. It is. But you got to compromise. Oh, man. But they need money to live too. <laughs> so, <sighs> probably Social Security. I'm thinking it would be the Social Security as well, and I'll explain That's why. But tough. I want to hear your, I want to hear your answer. 
if health-wise is their biggest expense, why mm -hmm. not focus on that and then figure out the rest, figure out what they can do or figure out some other, maybe UBA, what we've discussed, um, universal that's exactly what I was saying. Because so it's like, and you don't need the money. You need the things that money can buy. So yeah. the housing is provided. The, um, how do you say, the food is provided. Everything else is, you know, it's it's not the government's job to provide the things you want, your chocolate and your candy and, and cigarettes and booze and stuff. It's yeah. SB for what you need. And um, I don't know. You don't want to cut healthcare, and that's why I mentioned I want to make that bill to where healthcare is. We don't have to cut it because it will be paid for. Mm -hmm. It will be paid for by, um, again, by applying those regressive taxes to all the the dangerous and thing products that you know that are killing people and make people sick and need healthcare. Like I'm very confident that adding 19%, similar to the VAT tax in Germany, adding 19% mm -hmm. tax to cigarettes booze and and even certain foods that are like if that shit is deep fried like it should be taxed 19 percent and um guess what you're paying for your heart transplant preemptively little by little every combo meal you're paying you add your you're paying to your to your, to your health care but again if we can find a way to sustain health care provide health care for everyone where we don't have to raise income taxes to do it then guess what healthcare will be there to stay but um i would not want to cut social security no i wouldn't either. i wouldn't want I to know how important it is. Is. so and it's like at well if we can find a way to provide everybody what they need and it's like yo you're not getting your 1300 every month but guess what your place is paid off to until you die like you're you will never be homeless you will never be hungry you will never be cold you know sure. like i i would feel more comfortable knowing that than um you know yeah like grandma's gonna hook us up this year for christmas mm -hmm. ah. so hit me at your next one i'm ready all right let's see what we got here bum, 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 bum. How do you think the rest of the world views our homeless problem? And taking into consideration, you know, the places we've been, Europe is not, but I suppose we should Google that in the meantime. But yeah, well, how do you think they, they view our homeless problem? So I'm going to read some of the comments. I found, stumbled across the video of the article link that I sent to you about poverty and homelessness in America from the economics. And... Okay. I was looking at these comments, uh, let me find, and it blew my mind, but a lot of it made sense. Like there was a real, okay. Um, poor American still could afford big house, bunch of electrical appliances, big car. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. This is an interesting one. U.S. needs to stop delivering freedom, human rights, and democracy to the rest of the world via bombs and start delivering it to its own people. Mm. Why have five children if you can't pay for their diapers? 
Some hilarious stuff. What is this song? This is like the comments after the video I watched of poverty. And these are people from all over the place commenting on this video. I well, thought I this mean, was a um, snapshot. Not saying all the comments are, are correct, but they're um, interesting. Please continue. Um, yeah, use cloth diapers. Stop having kids. Use condoms. Uh-huh. See, something needs to be done about women and men having kids they can't afford. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, a lot of stuff. I was kind of like, yeah, well, again, you see the reoccurring, you see the reoccurring subject there. It, it seems to be um, children, and children will cost you to raise them to the age of eighteen two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's freaking mortgage. So. Get a house first, then have children. Yeah, and then take your own device camera. <laughs> the government is giving more and more funding to the military. Let's see. I saw this one's interesting. I recently saw another video about how the U.S. minimum wage is still at the same level it was a few decades ago. Yeah. That's the reason why people can't afford anything anymore. Um, being alive is expensive and getting more expensive every day. Cost to live, absolutely. Um, oh, this is an interesting one. With a church on every corner of the towns of America, it's the Rob Peter to pay Paul scheme. Mm. Um, well, that that is an interesting concept as well. I heard Tupac Shakur <laughs> mention like all these churches, and I seen it in Philly, man. It pissed me off. Like they have had this magnificent structure, cathedral or something like that. And then this, you got guys sleeping on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. Them. It's like, oh, this wonderful building that we only use once a freaking week. Like, let people sleep in there. You know, like, it's it's a freaking castle, essentially. At the end of the day, it's a freaking castle. And then you got people sit, sleeping on, on the castle steps. And that's what I find appalling. This is the last one I read. It kind of snaps it in a, in a bow, wraps it in a bow. The whole episode makes me sick. These, poor, these people poor because their personal decision making and values are poor basically and and again it's um your whole life is where you are right now is the sum of all your choices and decisions and um you i couldn't agree with that more and we need to educate people on how to make better choices and also we need to enhance our virtues and, and values you know, as a people, as a country, you know, because <laughs> we seem to be lacking it in much. But, yo, what else? Um, last question. That was the last one for that one? I think I got one more for you. All right. So how would consolidating the homeless help oppose the, the scattered? How would, the, how would consolidating homelessness help opposed to it being scattered across the nation? Me, my concept, we've gone back and forth about it. I think it should be regional, though, because you're going to have different geographic challenges based mm. on region. I don't disagree with the plan you had with having Skyward, say, in a, one area, but I always was a proponent of having it regionally. So Florida has about 20 million people in it. <laughs> so we would have to find a region in Florida to accommodate all these homeless people. I know there's a couple counties here locally 
that have tried to introduce things for the homeless and all that and it's been real shaky because it's all and i I don't mean it has to be just one building like skyward but Mm -hmm. i mean like let's make cities let's make cities and do it in every state you can do it in in regions like you said but let's make cities where people can come and say hey Mm -hmm. you are guaranteed to have a place to stay like these buildings are 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 here because another reason yeah i want to build cities for the homeless but mm-hmm. these old crumbling cities it is more yes. expensive to make them clean and green and fix sure. the piping and stuff than to just start brand new and, and build something build something no but i think um using those ghost towns as a backdrop to build these homeless cities mm-hmm. as long as you have the basic needs like fire um police like all this, and then everybody contributes to that city. Mm-hmm. You just living there, you're contributing too. I think that's the key part. If you have an integration of all these things, along with technology, you know, internet access, that's like almost a basic need now in the 21st century. So, um, yeah, I, I think as long as you do it smart and integrated, I have no problem with that. I think it can work. It'll be successful. That's what I would do. Yo, um, we got another topic to discuss. Uh, Apple, real quick. Okay. A couple questions uh, on that. And uh, for our listeners out there, I'm not sure if, if you're aware, there's a little uh, beef with the government and uh, the, the tech industries. Pretty much, they want to have backdoor access to all our, our devices. And let's, I know I'm speaking uh, that technical jargon lingo, but what I mean by that is like, hey, FBI, NSA, CIA, what have you, they want the access to get into your iPhone and just snoop around and look at stuff. And believe it or not, there is a lot of cooperation with tech and the government in the past, but I do believe they're pushing back on, on this, or at least they're trying, <laughs> they tried to. So that's where we're at kind of high, high level. So, um, my question for you, Chris, is when should a government access its citizens' devices and data without probable probable cause? Does such a scenario exist? Uh, nah, I don't think you should. <laughs> I think it should be like you already know how it's gonna feel about. It. I think it should be like imminent terrorist kind of activity mm-hmm. to elected officials like forty-five senators, all these people. And on the state level as well, local level. Other than that, or like, you know, like a school, you know, because we got school shootings, that's part of our culture. Indeed. Um, Mass shootings and stuff like that. Other than those couple of reasons, without probable cause, um, no, I don't really see it. Maybe, but I could see case by case, like domestic disputes, like somebody didn't, honor their restraining order you know because that stuff gets messy between mm-hmm. divorces and child custody i could see maybe some somebody especially somebody was abusive in a relationship like it, physical it, harm that kind of leads uh if they're using it to how do you say investigate a, a, a current uh a case or something that's a bit different but not just like out the blue like yo he was nah. abusive past it's, through shit. Nah, nah. I think it should be case by case and everything I, that I described. I can see. 
like yo we see some credible information where we acting on it we not even gonna wait you know what i'm saying without you know but without probable cause nah i think we already are so patched in we're going to talk about this a little more that they can see everything anyway for the most part what you're doing so something to consider you're throwing at me man all right um as a futurist, how do you feel about this situation? I consider you a futurist, so. Oh, I'm very much a futurist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I um, I'm about privacy, and I suppose that's why I, I feel like, to some extent, I think Apple does try to maintain that with encryption and, um, you know, even with its closed network and. I really think they crossed the line when um, emails or when our emails started being read. That's when I was just like, oh, I see what I see what type of world we're in. When I was like, oh, Google's reading our emails and then they're selling us ads. But you also must consider that if commercials, if corporate has access to our private information, then government has access. Absolutely. Because if you're so naive that you think that government won't use hack corporate tools to get like don't be so naive and um when i realized that that's when i seen what type of world we're in and i'm like oh this is that's that privacy ain't ain't a thing so um privacy is like as a futurist technologist like you have to come to terms with it like when you're writing in your phone you 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 just assume like it it can get hacked someone is either surveilling it or or watching or or listening and that's just the world we live in like privacy is an illusion what do you think um have you come to terms with the fact everything (laughs) you do online is digitally recorded yeah like we talked about it I've shared the video, the interview with uh, Empire Files, which is a great series. You guys should check out on YouTube by Abby Martin. Um, She's really dope. But, um, yes, seeing that interview, dude was like, just be open about it. He said, because they are scanning everything. So at this point, and then talking to you on a weekly basis, I just just kind of gave up. But I mean, it's like, it's like, eh. it, it, it's really sucks if you're like, I suppose if you're a, a, a super villain or, or a terrorist or like a cartel leader, but like if you're everyday citizen and you're doing your thing, cause I don't think, um, I don't think the FBI cares if you're cheating on your girlfriend mm-hmm. or significant other or, or things of that nature. Like he's not doing no crazy sh- stuff like Mm -hmm. i don't think you you have what do you think you do you think it's anything to worry about at this point like i said it goes back to they're reading everything anyway phone call everything smart devices like i've come to terms with it like i'm not doing anything crazy i mean i'm besides running for office but i mean (laughs) it's not criminal so like 
I've come to terms with it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. everything is on here. The only thing that makes me uncomfortable is from like, from the, I would say from an espionage perspective. Like, yes, I have my master plan, and then I have it all on my iPhone. But then if you know that gets cracked, and and because you know all these channels of of accessing and and snooping and, and stuff, then data is just that type of privacy is compromised. I don't know. Um, all right, I got a question for you. As president, how much transparency and access should tech companies give the government? Mm. <sighs> well, that is a bit of a conundrum. It's <laughs> all about that privacy. But um, social media is a powerful tool. It's a very, very powerful tool. And I, and I laugh because it's like... <laughs> Or maybe I laugh because I took it personally. But there's this meme that was going around that's saying like, oh, what if Facebook went down and then you would have to stop being an activist or political activist or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, we laugh. It's funny because there's, you know, there's so social media activists. But mm-hmm. social media is powerful. You, the majority of us, we get our news from there. We get so much in, information from there. We have more interactions on social media than we have in real life. And I say that to say this, is that um, if there's a lot of conversation on social media, so yeah, the majority of it is people doing, you know, just looking at stupid memes and stuff, but the people who are recruiting and, you know, trying to spread agendas and, and whatnot, that social media is, is being leveraged significantly. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, would, I can only imagine there's a a lot of chatter on there that that would be advantageous to uh, intelligence agencies or, or law enforcement agencies so uh, answer your question how transparent should they be what i would propose mm-hmm. like let's set down some guidelines with social media mm-hmm. like you'd be in a meeting of course and we'd be like listen guys like I respect privacy and I appreciate what you're doing, but you got to work with us. So if you see, we would set the, as government, mm-hmm. we set the, what we're looking for. Like if you see this type of activity, these type of keywords, like, like, could you, could you chime in on us? Like, let us, you know, let us know. So we don't have to hack your systems and like do it anyways. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's reasonable coming to coming to terms with them like this is what we're looking this is what we're looking for like things things of that nature and being if we were transparent with social media i think we'd get some and we by we i mean this scenario of you and i being in in charge of the federal government (laughs) (laughs) them guns over there but um yeah i think if there's transparency both ways then I, i think that would be mutually beneficial Okay, uh, what was I going to say? Last question. Well, you kind of hit on it. How widespread do you think this uh, is in our intelligence agencies already? The back doors and all that access. Mm. So, um, very wide. And I think uh, I need to watch the latest Snowden uh, mm-hmm. podcast like a little bit later to, to reinforce this. But my understanding is like, the chips like the the processors like mm-hmm. you know like 
motherboards and stuff like that. There's processors. My understanding, they have backdoors. They've already have backdoors for mm. quite some time. So there's like an access point in like every machine. And um, that kind of blew my mind when I saw it, but it's... These are the times we, we live in. It's, um, we have a lot of people and there's... What, how should I say it? To... There's a lot of people. And to, to expect government to, to behave the same way that it did in 1776 in 2019-2020 without evolution is um, that's, that's very naive and it's, it's changed and this is how we have to govern I get it to, to an extent like my main concern is that it just doesn't get abused that's all I got for so, you that's all man so, that, was a, that was a fun mixed bag of nuts yeah but jumbling it up everybody thanks for listening tuning in hanging out with us always great times don't forget to shop on amazon support our podcast also sign up for robin hood get your free stock ranging anywhere between eight to a thousand dollars um what else yeah upgrade america the yeah. audio i'm sorry the ebook is out there there's an yeah. upgrade america game out there we got the whole franchise t-shirts coming soon man Yo, yeah. anybody you want to shout out? Uh, nah, I'll probably shout them out in the description. I've been highlighting small businesses for people that I uh, know and everything like that. So I'll I'll put them in the description of the audio. No doubt in the back. That's it, man. Thanks for listening, especially our international listeners. Peace, peace. Peace. Boom.